From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm here with you. Bit of a crossover episode today with uh, Rippy Wright. Neil is out of town, so it's a little different tonight. We're recording uh, on a Wednesday evening. Ole Miss is actually playing Southern Miss in the middle innings right now, so that'll add a little unintentional comedy as this thing gets played out. Brian Rippy with me, Colin Brewster with me, and uh, you know, look, we don't know what's going to happen. We uh, we have a, well, we have a hunch what's probably going to happen here coming up soon in a uh, in a couple weeks, but. It hasn't yet. Almost trying to to make a run tonight in Hattiesburg. You obviously know that score by the time you hear this on uh, on Thursday morning. But we uh, we needed a podcast that couldn't be overly time sensitive. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little draft tonight. We are going to um, we are going to draft Mike Bianco players. We're each going to build a team around Ole Miss players that uh, that Mike coached. See uh, see what you guys think. See who came up with the uh, the best one. So a little bit – I've talked so much today. I'm having a little bit of a hard time tonight as we're doing this podcast. Um, see what you guys think. Have a little fun with it. Again, plenty of time to dissect all the negatives, but we'll look at some positives tonight. A lot of players coming through the Ole Miss program, a lot of All-SEC players, a lot of, uh, a lot of All-Americans as, uh, as well. So we'll draw some teams here. Over the next, uh, however, a little bit. I have no idea how long this will take. It can be really fast. It can take a while. I have not done one of these before, so we'll get to the rules in a minute. Before we do that, Brian, Colin, a good, uh, good evening. And Colin, if you need to like yell obscenities or anything, or if something starts going crazy, just have at it. We're we're, we're not in control by the FCC, so you're good to go. Good, good. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, the the bases are currently loaded for Southern Miss, so the quicker Ole Miss can get out of this might be better for uh, the the children listening. Or the concentration for you putting a team together. <laughs> also very fair. Brian, you appear to be freshly showered. You're ready to go. I know you did some uh you did some some prep this morning. I'm a little scared as you're getting going here. Well, one, I just asked MC if my hair looked wet and she said no. I was like sick. This <laughs> might be on camera, I can't notice. So I'm glad I got good advice there. Um, two, yeah, I did do some prep because I think I'm at the biggest disadvantage because you've covered most of these teams and Colin has a memory that will be studied by scientists if they're looking into Ole Miss baseball in a while. And so I felt like I had to do the homework to uh, overcompensate the disadvantages. Okay, so I'm not the only person here that made a spreadsheet? You're definitely the only spreadsheet, probably. I've got, like, a couple pieces of paper, and I like I, I made sure I didn't have any, like, egregious error. That was kind of my goal is, well, I mean, whatever. It's all, you know, I look – because here's the – in a way, in a way, Colin actually is the favorite because – I've got a little bit of heartstrings. There's guys I like who I just sort of whatever. Then there's some dudes that go, you know what? He's probably the best player, but I don't really want him on my team. Or maybe I really want this guy on my team. So when I take Tim Ferguson third overall, it just is what it is, Colin. I'm okay. Look, we're gonna we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it a deal. Fair enough. I can I can tell you he's not on my spreadsheet, so <laughs> I can I can confirm that. Where as I started looking, it took me 30 minutes to say this is the research I did. I have a bunch of illegible notes down, but it took me 35 minutes to figure out. Damn, did they change hitting coaches in 2010? What's the deal with the home run numbers dropping off? And it took me a good half an hour to figure out the bats changed. That'd be cool, baby. 
Yes. <laughs> I finally had to look it up and I was like, oh, that's right. Um, because no one, like Ole Miss had like a 2012 team or I can't remember 12 or 13 where like no one hit more than five in home runs and they finished 500 in conference play. And I'm sitting there thinking, how does this make any sense? So here's what we're going to do. Here's the rules for this thing. We are, uh, we're each going to draft 15 players, uh, 10 position players. You do have to put a lineup out there. You can't just take all first baseman or all shortstop in this thing. Um, four starting pitchers, so the three weekend pitchers, then we'll give you a midweek as well, and then one relief pitcher whenever uh, you would like to uh, to do that. We're going to do a snake draft. Um, I'm actually going to pull up like a random generator to see who picks first and let it, let it go from there. I'll be – in the little generator, I'll be one, Brian will be two, Colin will be three. So I'm getting that up right now to get a draft order. So and it really doesn't matter that much because, again, one and three will get two two consecutive picks being a snake draft, and then two will pick in the middle every uh, every time. So any uh, any questions about that before we get started? Anybody? No, I, th- I think we're good. Okay. We've all done 7,000 fantasy drafts. I feel like we're, we're yeah. pretty, uh, pretty okay here. <laughs> We're getting them on their career, right? Like, I couldn't go, like, 07 Will Klein or something like that. Not that that's a great example. You're going on their career, but it has to be a Mike coach team. That's the other rule. I'm actually glad you said that. So, like, Bernie Hutchinson, you couldn't count his first two seasons or his whatever it is. Like, you would only get the Mike Bianco seasons of Bernie Hutchinson for that. I have a – I was like, like, but I'll cross Don Kessinger off the list. I can't take it. (laughs) How does a guy like Henry Lartigue play? Like, like, cause he has the one really, really good year, but didn't play the two years. I think you can max out their careers. Like, I don't think okay. we have to go. Like, I, I do think we're playing for one season of prime, whatever their ability is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the easiest thing here. Like, I, I think that this thing would be way too long and we'd get down to the minutia if we try to really figure out, okay, well, this guy only gives you one year, but he's there three. Yeah. Let's not, let's not, let's not overcomplicate this thing. So, okay. whatever their, their prime is, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you have that. I've uh, I've got it up. I've hit the button. Um, I have got the first pick. Brian has got the second pick. Colin has the. I'm sorry. Colin has the second pick. Brian has the third pick in this thing. Right. That's how we're doing it. So that is how we will uh, we'll get started here. And um, I, the one thing that I don't know, I'll let you guys kind of tell me here. When we name the player, do you want to have to declare a position for them? Oh, that's yeah. I think that's fair because otherwise, because we have to know where the other people are going, correct? Yeah, because I could have to like put Brian Petway at third base or something. Well, that's a good point. Okay, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll do that. Um, I'm going to not overcomplicate this thing with the first pick. I'm going to choose Stephen Head and put him at first base. All right. Well, I'm going to go Doug and put him on the pitcher's mound. Oh wow, going Doug number two overall. Did you have that? No matter what, he he was the first. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I debated – I was going to pick a pitcher if, if Doug or Palm were available, and, and I'm I'm in the camp that Doug was the best pitcher in the Bianco era, so that's just kind of what I went with. Real quick on that, why do you think so? What, what, that's a pretty strong um, argument. What, what, what's what's going there for you? Okay, so so maybe I'm maybe I'm weird, and, and I'll readily admit 2008 to 2010 when I'm like a junior and through a senior in high school – uh, I didn't follow Ole Miss baseball probably as closely as I did the past 10 years, but I didn't have the overwhelming feeling that Ole Miss was going to win the baseball game every single time Drew pitched for three years like I did with Doug. Um, and statistically, it's kind of a wash, right, because of the, the bats and you can't really, you know, um, tie in the two different things. But but I just – every time Doug Nikhazy took the, bat, took the ball in the start, I thought Ole Miss was going to win, and, and I wouldn't actually look. 
He was over, I think, his last 31 starts. He was 26 and five um, as far as Ole Miss wow. winning the game, not his win loss record. So 26 and five for Ole Miss when he pitched in his last 31 starts. And it just, it feels like, it felt like uh, Ole Miss was more destined to win when he took the ball than I guess maybe Drew did. That's pretty incredible, actually. Okay. I, I was not aware of that. Go ahead. I was just curious. Brian, you uh, you get two here. Okay, so I had the third pick. I was—I don't know why I thought I had the second. I was wondering. If I Colin screwed I, up. I said the wrong name, and then I had to correct myself. Okay, I didn't know if Colin and I made a trade. I was wondering if I got Collins <laughs> back for that. I'll—I'll uh, I'll go Pomerant since he took Doug, and I will put him at pitcher. <laughs> and then, where do I want to go next? I guess I'll go Brian Petway. Can I put him at third base? Um. I don't have a problem with it. I think one of those deals, it's probably like as long as like as long as we're not trying to put Mark Wright at shortstop or something, like if we can make the argument that the position in some semblance makes sense. Cause look, frankly, we ought to do that because I mean if if if, if we know nothing else from Mike, he takes infielders and moves them all over the place and outfielders sure. are actually infielders. I mean, so it, you know what? Sure, why not? I'll 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 be uh, benevolent here to give that to you, Brian. I won't uh, – no, I won't screw up the – I won't throw a turn. No, you're good. First pick. Can I, I, I'll put him in the outfield. I might actually have another pick for third base later. Okay. So, you want to put him in the outfield? Yeah, I'll go outfield. <laughs> okay. Colin, you're up. So, so this one's a little weird, um, but it's, it's mainly that I don't think Ole Miss has a long lineage at this position. I went kind of back through it over the Bianco tenure. I'm going Yarbrough at second. Um okay. Just because I don't think like this. If you look at all these positions that I kind of thought of, the second base position kind of feels like the least uh, star-studded position of the group. It, it, it was. I kind of looked through the same thing. And Yarbrough, that 2000, maybe it was 12 season. You can probably you might have it up or whatever. Yeah. Not only did he hit 350, but he hit 350 from both sides. He was yep. a switch hitter who went like 351 from the right side and 349 from the left side. Yeah. That's yeah. He. And and he kind of carried that lineup at times. It was like him and Snyder, and and that was pretty much it. Besides Tanner Mathis leading off, it was uh, that was not a great hitting team. And and I mean that offense almost got him through the what was it the Fort Worth regional or no, yeah, twelve? Actually, yeah, it's twelve was TC was TC. Yeah, no, no, it was in College Station. They played TC. Yeah. Yes. So so um, no, just just because of like lack of resources, I'm going. To, I'm going to go Yarbrough there. I don't actually hate that. I'm 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 pretty okay with that because there are a couple positions where it gets a little weird. Um, so I have no uh, no no problems there at all. Doug is off the list. Palm is off the list. Yarbrough's off the list, and Petway is off the list. Just kind of a little bit of a recap. So just to get a couple guys out of the way, I'm going to um, I'm going to do a double dip on uh, on pitcher right here. And I am going to grab Bobby Wall and Scott Bill. So wait, wait, where are we put? Are we putting Biddle in the bullpen, or what are we doing? There? No, I am. Uh, I am starting Scott Biddle. Starting, yeah, I would start Scott Biddle too. <laughs> yes, I am doing the 2009 version of Scott Biddle pre-injury is what I'm doing with him, <laughs> and I'm doing Bobby Wall, who was undefeated his junior year on a bad baseball team. Yeah, I, my favorite Bobby Wall thing was the uh, him like blaming himself when they lost a one to zero baseball game. Well, Mike that, would typically blame him when they lost a one zero baseball game. We go, you know what? If we just pitched a little better, then I'm like, okay, Mike, hold on a minute. 
Um, I, 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 I get it, but no, that's not actually the problem. He, he was really bad about that during that era. He would, they would seriously get beat three to two, and he'd go, well, you know, sometimes you just have to make that extra pitch. It's like, um, or extra hit. Or you could score. Maybe. Yeah, something along those lines. So, yes, but I'm going to I'm gonna get that out of the way. I, there are kind of some obvious – I mean, there's a lot of starting pitchers, obviously, but I do feel like there's some obvious ones at the top. So, I kind of wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way a little bit right there. Yeah, yeah, those uh, – what so it's like Doug Palm Wall and Biddle. That's 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 probably easily the uh, top four on this guy in the Bianco tenure as far as starters go. So you are back up with a uh, with another pick. Oh. All right. Um, let's see, I'm just going to go Cozart here to keep it simplistic. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cozart. Just I mean, he. I think he's obviously the best shortstop in the 21 year tenure. It's uh, that was pretty simple for me. Okay. That is a deep position, though. Is the only thing there yeah, depending is. on when to take that because of because of that position. Brian, you get two now. Hmm. I'll go. Cody Overbeck and put him at third. Is that a dumb pick? Nope. That's all. You're more than fine to do that. Okay. I mean, I was like, I, so he had a thousand forty nine OPS in 08. <laughs> I knew he was good. I didn't realize he was that good. Um, I'll keep it in the – so I've got an outfielder and a third baseman. Hmm. Can I go – I'm going to go Sykes Orvis just because I need that sort of personality on the team. Pretty good hitter. You can stick him at first base. You need a good mustache. You need a walrus-looking guy out there as well. Okay. Sykes Orvis at first base for Brian. So, we'll recap now. Brian has Sykes at first, Overbeck at third, Petway in right – or in the outfield, sorry, because I'm in that spot. And then Drew Pomeranz on the uh, on the bump. Colin with the next pick, and so far he's got Yarbrough, Cozart, and Nikhazy. Um, Gunner. Gunner's my next one. I'm just going to recreate the 2021 baseball team. Um, I guess we're going to be good on the mound at least. In a way, is that your favorite baseball team? Um, no. You, you want to know what's funny? The, my favorite baseball team was the 2018 team, but but – it's just hard to say. That, that went a little out. sideways a little bit on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like on in like one day. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed the the kids that came in and then being awful in 17 and then really playing well in 18. Um, but yeah, 21 is probably second. So I'll we're going to wild card in there, not derail you, Chase. Did you yeah, enjoy the 16 team as much as I did? They weren't supposed to be that good, and they were kind of a fun group. Like, they weren't – I don't remember anyone just being terrible to talk to. That was like uh, – I think that was the year Kyle Watson told us he wasn't – he didn't have any weaknesses and he didn't need to work on anything. Oh we had Woodman. Um, like, Lartigue and Fortez were always fun to talk to. That was just kind of a fun team. Wasn't uh, – was Bramlett was in that rotation as well. Yeah, Bramlett was actually the ace in 16. It was, yeah. uh, it was Bramlett, Parkinson, and somebody else. I do remember vividly thinking Ole Miss it, sitting in Hoover, Alabama, and thinking Ole Miss might be a national seed with Brady Bramlett as their Friday night guy. They should have been. They beat LSU on every metric for that, other than having purple and gold uniforms. Yeah, and, yeah. And, it was a team that I liked, but I will be honest, that was in the middle of uh, we adopted Carly Ann in March of that year, so I was incredibly distracted that baseball season. <laughs> so I was not as in tune during that as some uh, some other years. 
That is like, if you told me to like predict things, that would be like the one year where I like remember things. That would be the one year when I have no idea. I don't remember anything from that period of time at that point. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, um, I'm going to grab a couple guys that I, here's what's funny about this. So of all things, outfield is not necessarily weak, but I feel like there's some obvious ones and they get sent a little bit of a weird spot for that point. So what I'm going to do here is, um, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Seth Smith in the outfield. Hit 400 as a freshman. Obviously, uh, had a pretty good career. And then for the second pick, I am going to take. Um, I'm going to take Stuart Turner behind the plate. Oh, okay. Hmm. Stuart, his one year, he wins the Johnny Bench Award. Um, thrower and hitter, a guy comes out of LSU Eunice, and the, the scouting report was, yeah, hey, he's going to be a great catch and throw guy. He's going to receive it. He's going to block it up. But he is um, not going to uh, – He's not going to hit, and then he ends up absolutely hitting at that point uh, for Stuart Turner. So I think – I get there's other options. I get that catcher is a very rich position, so I could have waited a little while, but I do believe he has had the best one season, and they might be a co-error behind the plate. Are you surprised he never got up? When I was in Cincinnati, he was still at the tail end of kind of his foray experience, and their whole deal was that he couldn't hit. Did, was that one that surprised you? I was younger back then, but I remember I thought he was kind of a sure thing. He actually happen. did get up for like five or six games randomly. He was a. I did not guy. think for like two years. I did not. I thought he was going to. I didn't think his hitting was going to matter. I thought he was going to be that guy that was a defensive catcher in the big leagues for eight to ten years. That's what I thought. I thought they just wouldn't even care about his offense, and it just didn't translate. He had a couple of injuries, and it just sort of flamed out at that point. How oh, is it me next? It is you next. All right, I'm gonna. I've I've had this inner debate. Um, between what I'm going to do at third base because I had two guys, um, Keenan and Coglin. We all and have those, Colin. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> I think I'm going to go Keenan. I, I, okay. I, yeah, I think I'm think I'm going to go Keenan at third base next. Okay. What is your argument on Tyler Keenan over Chris Coglin? Um, better offensive statistics with a deader bat. Okay. With, but, but Chris. Coglin's defense was so, 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 so much better. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think Keenan's offense. And, like, Keenan walked onto campus hitting. Um, I'm not even sure Cog started in 04. I'm not 100. I can't remember that far that well. But Keenan started day one and never really came off the field for his three years at Ole Miss. From a consistency standpoint, Tyler Keenan put up one of the better three years of anybody I've ever covered, and maybe in Mike's era, just from a straight, just offensively, day after yeah. day after day after day. Yeah, I mean, he was he was really good as a freshman and really good during the COVID year. So um, he never had he never had a slump at all. It never felt like. Brian, you get two picks now. Hmm. Lance Lynn's still out there, isn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, he is. Yes. Okay, I'll take Lynn as a pitcher. Hmm. I thought about doubling up on pitchers here. For the sake of the debate, I'll throw it out there for this draft. Not that I would sway me one way. Would you have taken Ole Miss career-wise Ellis or Rollison? Because I was leaning Chris Ellis. Mm -hmm. 
I personally I, I don't have Ellis necessarily on my list. So I mean if you're grabbing him here, it's not like I'm persuading you either way. I think Ellis, frankly, I know his first two years were bad, but that one season in 14, doing what he did on the Friday night for the team that went the far, the farthest, that's better than anything Rollison ever put up at Ole Miss. Rollison is the, is the guy who is uber talented, but when you really look at all of his stuff, he just didn't necessarily do a ton. Yeah. His best year was as the Sunday guy in uh, – was that 17 or 18? Yeah, 17. Um. Yeah, that was kind of his – I thought his, his – I'd say best year, probably his most valuable year. Um, yeah, I guess I'll do it. I'll just double up and knock out the pitchers. So, that puts me at Pomerantz, Lynn, and Ellis as mm-hmm. my three rotation guys. So, right now, from a pitcher standpoint, just to update people, Brian, yeah, has Drew, Lance, and Chris Ellis. Colin has Nikhazy and Gunnar Hoagland, and I have Scott Biddle and Bobby Wall right now from a uh, pitcher standpoint. And, Colin, you're next up. Uh, Austin Bostil, because I don't have an outfielder yet. And and for my money, maybe the best outfielder under Mike when you consider his defense and, and his ability to hit the baseball? I think so. Yeah, he wins the Ferris Award. He's an All-American in 14. Uh I think that's I think that's very very fair. He he was the best pure hitter on a really offensive lineup in fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, man, he was he was he was special in center too. That uh, that was where I was going. Had I not doubled up on pitcher for the record, and then he was the UVA Omaha catch, was it not? Yes. Have they had one made like that since? <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I'm not even really being a jerk here, but for the most part, how many true outfielders have they even had since then? It's just yeah. a bunch of hitters and then, like, future infielder shortstops and center, hasn't it felt like that other than, like, Woodman? Yeah, that I think would. that's – I mean, I think that's exactly right. Um, okay, I'm just trying to see where I need to go real quick on this one. Give me one second. I know it's bad pod, but it's a draft, so people are expecting us to take a second. I don't think that's a, uh, a, terrible, uh, a terrible thing. Um, speaking of, I'm going to go J.B. Woodman here. I'm going to go ahead and grab him for another outfielder. I think when you can get a, a true outfielder. And it, this is one of those deals, too, where I don't know where I'm going next, and I may not worry about this, but, you know, it's are you putting together an offensive lineup that plays certain positions? Do I, do I need a center fielder with the next pick, or does it even freaking matter? You just put three masters out there and let it be what it is. I don't know. We'll see what goes on in a minute. But it's kind of what I have in my thought process as I'm running through this at the moment. Um, I'm going to jump in now and uh, I'm going to get back around to me here. He has me. One quick second. I want to check one stat for a second. While you're filling that, I can fill the airtime. Did y'all hear the announcers during this game talk about how Ole Miss is yet to buy into the shift? Yeah. I saw your tweet about it, but that was an actual talking point. It was, yeah. and the guys were like, you know, I appreciated his perspective. He's a baseball purist. I'm like, that's like my buddy in high school whose dad like refused to get a phone, so he'd turn it off and put it in his desk drawer and never take it anywhere. It's defeated the purpose of a phone. Like, <laughs> landlines are fine. So what I'm going to do now is uh, – because I think Colin was right earlier. I think the position is a little weak. 
So I'm going to go second base here, and I'm going to go back to the day. This is one where I do kind of have an advantage on Brian a little bit. I'm going to put Chad Sturbins at second base. That was my second guy, yeah. Chad Sturbins in 2002 hits 395 in league play, has a hit in 29 straight league games. They're in Starkville to close the season. He gets a hit late in the game to be maybe the first person to ever get it in all 30, or like since Dave Magadan or something. And um, state rules it an error. As if that 2002 Ole Miss team wasn't going through enough at that point. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always heard that story. I mean, I wasn't there, obviously, but I've always been told that. But you look at Sturban's year, and again, I get different bats. I understand all that. But and and, and he was not a. I mean, he was he was a he, you know he was a line drive hitter. He was not a power hitter at all. But 395 in league play for a second baseman in this set of second basemen, I'll take that all day and I'll go on with it. Yeah. I was yeah, seven. You could have told me he sold insurance in town and I would have told you. <laughs> okay. I remember. So I'm pretty sure that team is the one that just like fell off the earth. So uh, that team, but yeah, a couple things about that team. Um, one is Mike got a raise midseason. They gave the head baseball coach a raise while the year was going on. He 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 gets hired in June of 2000 for $75,000. And in the middle of the 02 season, they're on a roll. They, I think, get up to like number six in the country, number four in the country. They beat Alabama uh, two out of three, who was like top five, top six. And at that moment, they give him a raise to 150. They double his pay. And from that point, they lose uh, – 10 of 12 SEC games to close the season, finish 14 and 16, miss Hoover, and miss the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. They go to Starville having to win one game to get in, and State had to sweep Ole Miss to get in, and, and State swept Ole Miss. And and I'm looking at it here. None of the games were competitive. I bet the message board was pissed. Um, uh, wait, a couple of questions there. One – can you imagine if Ross Bjork had gotten wind of a midseason raise, how ridiculous Mike's contract would be today? <laughs> Two, um, how did they missed Hoover at 14 and 16? Well, back then they only took the top eight. Yeah, oh, okay. that's right. Okay. I didn't and see that. it. And see, the problem back then, too, was it was like a stigma that if you missed Hoover, you didn't make the tournament no matter what your situation was. Well, unless Larry Templeton was your idea. Well, you know, look, again, go back, look at the, uh, the 06 state team. I mentioned, I mentioned it on the podcast the other day. They went 12 and whatever and made the NCAA tournament. Oh, that was funny. Um, Colin, that spreadsheet you sent me, there was a state team, or maybe it was Alabama, that was 16 and 14 and missed? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. They were – they had 16 wins after the tournament. Okay. Um, okay. So, that team actually uh, – they had 14 uh, regular season, and then they beat Auburn in like – a. Uh, essentially the mayor's trophy game that Ole Miss plays and they won a game in Hoover. Um, but you have a 61 RPI, you get what you get. Let's see. I need a, another outfielder. Good God. Uh, Logan Power. I'm going to go Logan Power. Uh, I think he's the next best available outfielder, I think. He is tied for the Ole Miss RBI lead and let, for his career unless that has since been broken in the last couple of years. I don't think it Also has. laid down a killer bunt in game three of the uh, 09 Super Regional. The day after he hit a home run in the same Yeah, situation. well, that's just – that's small facts. Okay. You definitely are going to cover some ground. you got Boz and Logan Power in your outfield so far. Could, could, that's what I was going to ask you. Could Power really run? Because I don't – things weren't televised back then. So he I don't couldn't really... run necessarily, but he got great jumps. 
Okay. He was maybe the best jump guy of anybody in in in, the, in, in Mike's era from just even off the bat because he he has. I mean, I, I know this from playing golf with him. He has incredible depth perception. Like his eyesight okay. is unreal. So as soon as it left, he was getting to a certain spot. Okay. Okay. That yeah. makes. And he started all four years. Is that right? He played a lot. If he did not, it, he he definitely was a significant person. Because I mean, you kind of have to be to have the RBI record. I mean, you got to play four years and you got to be in there a good bit for that point. He he is tied with I think Matt Smith for the career RBI record. Ooh, another one. Yeah, I've forgotten about. So, Brian, you get two. Yeah, my outfield's going to be in trouble. Um, I'm going to have to put like Jordan Henry and Josh Hall or something out there finagle the rules a little bit. Um. I'll go Servideo and put him at second base. I was going to spark a debate of should I put him at shortstop because is he the best shortstop of the last, like, eight, nine years Ole Miss has had that they never got to see. But you just mentioned that second base is a weaker position. He played second base for – that had to be at least a year, right? So Yeah, he's, yeah you're good there. Uh, yeah. he, played, he played second base. So I'm going to keep him at second just because I can't think of any other second baseman. Um Honorable mention, Tate Blackman. Honorable mention, Preston Overby. But uh, it wasn't that close. Tate Blackman actually had an all-SEC season. He did, but at no point when a ground ball was hit there did I feel comfortable. That's fair. That's that's fair. You get one more, Ruby? Okay, yeah, I get one more, and I guess I'm going to have to go in the outfield, but this is just going to be – I, I don't know how much defense I'm going to need to trade off because you took J.B. Woodman, right? Woodman is off the board. I did. I mean, just for the sake of, like, how off the rails do I have to be and how bad is my memory past, like, 2012 to stick Olenek as the outfielder? Will Golson exists. Okay, I'll throw Golson in there. I guess, but he never – so he played all those positions and he never really predominant – was he ever on a team where he was the predominant center fielder? That's kind of what I had in my mind, but I guess he could have. I still need another one here, but y'all have really surprised me with a couple outfielders you passed over. I'm a little shocked, but Will Golson works. Yeah, and, I'll go Will. And here's the deal, too. With Will Golson, you know, when you get done and look at your entire thing, you can play him anywhere. So, it's, it's all good. My favorite Will Golson thing was that he started at every position except catcher and the position he was recruited to play. Oh, that's a good stat. That's <laughs> a really good stat. Stop, never played it. I yeah, did a story good. about that his last year, and Mike got really irritated that I asked that. <laughs> like, super, super chapped. So, go ahead, uh, Colin. You're up again. Uh, all right. We're going we're gonna to round out the pitching staff here. Um. Mark Holloman. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put Mark Holloman on Sunday. That's a pretty damn good Sunday, and it's gonna be all right. Yeah, we're gonna get an out or two. You're gonna get some stuff done right there. I think at that at that at that spot. This is the spot though where pitching start getting starts getting a little weird. Um, yeah, it, it starts. You, you start having to reach a little bit. So looking at my needs here at this point. Um, I think I've got to, even though it's a lot of a lot of potential names. I think I have to jump into uh, jump into shortstop right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab Greg Kessinger at shortstop, okay, right here. I think that Kessinger is better than Gonzalez all the way around. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in there now. Obviously, we haven't seen Gonzo's third year, so it's not overly fair. But with what I have to do from a sample size, I think that's probably where it's at. Um, 
And then we are going to I'm going to do my one probably a little sentimental favorite, but I can't help it because I want him on my baseball team. I'm going to go Christian Trent. Okay. He is my uh, – from a pitching standpoint – well, actually, overall, he is one of my two favorite players to cover in my 17 years. Here's the second. Matt Smith. I love Matt Smith. Matt Smith is the guy that saved me that day when I was going to fall in the mud. They were uh, – when the stadium was being uh, renovated, they were practicing at Oxford High School, and it was raining, and outside, like, their indoor or whatever, they had a bunch of um, – they had them, their mounds set up like in the bullpen there to get the pitching work done. And when I went to hop out from the indoor onto the mound, it was slick mud. I hit it and go straight up in the air, like back about to splat. And Matt Smith catches me in midair and sets me down where I don't get any mud on me. Wow. What a guy. Literally My grabbed ass. me out of the air and, and kept me from looking like a pig hitting the slop. My favorite Matt Smith moment is not the one like people probably think of. It was like me being 13 years old in Hoover, Alabama, and watching him and maybe like the Vanderbilt right fielder yell at each other. It was Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he tried to fight the first base stuff. coach there at one point uh, because, look, it was escalating pretty good. Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, and Hoover was always getting chippy at that point. Matt hit a home run and then tipped his hat at the dugout. <laughs> so, look, I mean, at that point, go ahead and get ready. It's about to escalate. That is that is, That is what's coming. Those teams um, hated each other. Yeah, it, it was it was quite chippy. I think that was the uh, I think yeah I think that was 08 because I want to say that was um, the year after Vanderbilt had won the first game of the day like eleven or ten to nothing yep. and they played the night they played double headers two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that now too that would be fairly mild compared to some of the stuff you see with Tennessee on a weekly and a week out basis and just the general chirping bat flipping has gotten a little more excessive um but like the tip of the hat that would be kind of mild nowadays wouldn't it but back then I guess it would have just started a full-on brawl well but at the dugout he's running to first base that Vanderbilt's in the first base dugout and he looks at him and tips his hat tips his hat at them Okay, that's fair, but we had a coach throw a baseball bat back at another dugout like a javelin. <laughs> that's fair. But that game was also um, – It was a simpler time, Rippy, okay? It was a simpler time. I've never seen a ball hit farther. I know everybody talks about the Kit Mathis home run, but some cat named De La Osa from Vanderbilt hit a ball about 600 feet off – I think it was Biddle. Um, that's the farthest ball I've ever seen hit. That and lineup De- was really good. Yeah, Dominic De La Osa. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was the 07, and we'll get on with it in a second. I mean, again, if you're hanging with us through this, you're just kind of you, – you have to like us or be obsessed with baseball. Um, in 07, the first game against Vanderbilt on that Saturday, David Macias was the leadoff guy for Vanderbilt, and he hits the first pitch of the game 500 feet foul. I mean, it was foul by like 10 feet. And then the very, very next pitch, he hits 500 feet fair just down the line. And we're like, oh, shit, this is not going to go well. And at the time, I was working um, – I was working for for Chuck at the Spirit at the time, and Dan Wykey, who now covers the Clippers out in L.A., he – or the Lakers, he had the job I have now, and he got called and cussed out later in the day from somebody at Rivals because Ole Miss got beat 10 to nothing, and his Buckbitch was pitching for Ole Miss, and his headline was, What the Buck? <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, and uh, and it, 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 yeah, it, he, he carried a butt-shoeing from somebody later in the day because I was sitting beside him. 
I've got another but, random home run that probably no one will remember and that'll really drive the listeners away, but I don't care. I'll do it anyway. Former roommate of mine's little brother, uh, Jason Barber, midweek game against Memphis. Does anyone happen to remember this? He gets in for one of the first times of the year, and one of the dudes hit one off the top of the scoreboard. There was no one in attendance that night, but that ball probably could have gone 600 feet. I, I vaguely remember that. And the thing is, like, you know, all those, those couple balls were hit a few weeks ago with all the big numbers. Alderman's obviously was going to go a really long way. I mean, it was crushed. The wind was blowing so hard, though, that I am kind of like PED in those balls the other day. That wasn't quite what we remember from some other times. Um, Pedro Alvarez hit one up against the fence just to the right of the batter's eye up on that hill. Yeah. Mathis's was a bomb, too. And that was like back in 09. I think it was off Buckfish. It was like off Buckfish. Yeah. Yeah. When you can't see, you couldn't see games. I don't know if Rebel Vision was a thing yet. Um, that ball, like, I've never seen a ball that when he hit it, you just knew that the left fielder didn't have to move anymore. Mm-hmm. That, that thing was – it was in the pine trees, if I remember right. Is it – are you up? Am I up? Yeah, you're up. I, I've got nine players. Okay. And you have eight. One, two, All right. So, eight. we're going we're gonna to get us a catcher here. We're going to go Nick Fortes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gonna go Nick Fortes and say I well, I guess I could have put Fortes in a lot of different spots. You could um actually no. We're gonna get Nick Fortes and put him in right field like Mike did in Starkville one day. Ooh. And and we're gonna and we're we'll get another we'll get somebody else to catch. Um, but I need his bat in my lineup. Okay. You also could have put him at first base. That's true. That's true. I do need a first baseman, but I have an idea of where I'm going net for that. Okay. Brian, two picks. I'm just going to say to hell with this defense thing in the outfield and do Mark Wright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have Golson in the center. What's your problem? You're good. Yeah, I'm going to tell him to catch everything. because He's going to have to with Petway and Wright out there. I was there. about to say, he's yeah. not Petway and Wright. Um, yeah, that would be like Golson, kill Baker, kill Baker. Um, all right, let's go uh, Will Allen and catcher. Okay, I like that. He um, won the SEC batting title in the regular season in 2014, finishing one point ahead of A.J. Reed of Kentucky. That's your Will Allen fun fact for the day. He's pretty good. You're sacrificing a little defense, but you got a hell of an offensive player there, Will Allen. Behind yeah, the plate. I mean, I don't know. It was like that, Cooper Johnson area. I'll take the offense. I mean, look at this team. They don't field it well, and they have a shot. So, I'm, the defense doesn't matter. Colin, back up. Oh, I'm, okay. So, can I move Fortes back to catcher now? Because that's what I was going to do without. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Um, I guess I do need a catcher now that – let's see. Well, it'll be okay. There's plenty of options at catcher. I'm going to just grab – let's see. Who's the next best first baseman available? It might be the guy at first base right now. Um, yeah, let's do that. Elko. We're going to put Elko at first base. Um, I think Snyder was my next next guy, and I, but I think I'm going to take Elko over him because I think uh, Tim's a little better defensively and, and maybe swings it just a little bit better. Okay. Look at it real quick. I am going to um... – I 
actually okay getting in either one of those couple guys. So we're going to hold off there. Let's go ahead just to make sure one of you guys don't get really, really slick and uh, try to grab him as one of your extra players. We're going to go ahead and put Chris Coughlin at third base. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I could wait a minute, but I didn't need somebody to get real whatever, and all of a sudden, no offense <laughs> to him, I've got like Zach Miller at third base. Um, I thought Coughlin was gone. No, because no. he, he – I knew that y'all you both had third baseman, so I didn't have to go to him immediately, but I, I, I thought somebody might try to get KG right there, so we were going to – Going ahead and lock that up so it didn't get a little funny as we uh, as we kept going. Um, kind of mixed to the point. I think I'm going to let you guys make that decision for me. We have three. I have three starters left overall. Well, a reliever, a starting pitcher, and, a, and, a, and an outfielder is what I have at this point. Um, and we're going to go with. We're going to put TJ Beam on the mound for our okay. midweek guy. So, on that round, we've got Chris Coglin and TJ Beam. All right. I'm going to take – let's see. I still need a midweek guy, and I need a catcher. I'm going to take – Henry Lartigue as my catcher, okay. um, just because switch handed switch hand or excuse me switch hitter. I know he only had the one good year, but but he it was hitter. a hell of a year in sixteen. It was really is a really really good year. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna do is take Lartigue. I know he's obviously <clears throat> not the best catcher that's come through Bianco's tenure, but I still think he's a really good player. Brian, go ahead. You got two. I'm gonna put. Austin Anderson at short. Okay. Yep. You can do that. And so I need a midweek guy and a reliever, right? It's five pitchers. That uh yes, that is correct. Four starters and a reliever. Okay. I'll go Will Klein. Don't hate that at all. Might have been the one guy. And no, no, no offense to him. I think I, he was the one guy that I kind of did not sort of left off my list accidentally which I'm a little annoyed by right now. I completely forgot about him. Well, he was kind of behind. If I remember correctly, you would know better than me. He was kind of the, the guy in the middle of the Lynn Pomerantz thing. And then the fact that he never really panned down the – didn't he have all kinds of shoulder issues? It felt like he just perpetually flew under the radar. We had the hell of the year in, in, in 07. Um, that's when he, you know, he, he, he was the guy in 06 that did the Governor's Cup or the Mayor's Trophy or whatever it was at the time. And blew up and was pretty good at the end of 06 and then was really, really damn good for most of 07. Um, was great in Hoover. I mean, he, he, he carried them through. And then he, he was the tough luck guy in the Tempe Super Regional there in, uh, in, in, in game one because that was a game that Mike spun the wheel. And he didn't have a great option, but he, uh, they lost in the ninth inning to Arizona State there in that game one against a team that they were very under, under, overmatched against. So Arizona State was the better ball club for sure. Yeah, that, that's the thing about 07. They weren't going to win regardless. No, they had no shot in game two and game three because they lit up Lance in game two, and game three would have been a disaster. 
you're back up, Colin, and you are lacking uh, a reliever for your starters. Still need a midweek guy, too. I better grab one. Uh, Mike Myers for, for midweek. Okay. Mike Myers for the midweek. And then um, I have two starters left here. Um, and I guess what will I mean? I, I guess it doesn't really matter, but go ahead and fill those in in that uh, in that order. I have a uh, an outfielder and a reliever is what I have left. And then I also can grab the extras, I guess. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, we're going to go ahead and grab – we're going to grab Bernie Hutchinson in the outfield. I was really torn between him and one other guy, but we're going to go with Hutchinson in the outfield. And then I'm going to wait on reliever um, because I'll be honest, there's not anybody I'm dying to have here, so I'll kind of let it play out for a second. And as an ultimate utility man, I'm for one of my extras, I'm going to grab Justin Henry. Oh, Justin Henry, I like that. Didn't he play, like, literally everywhere? Yeah, he – I want to say he started somewhere different all four years because, you know, one of the crazy facts with him – is on that 05 team that was so good and so offensive. Justin's, I guess, freshman year, he um he was a uh, he was the DH on that team. Jeez. So we'll go Justin Henry right there. Colin, and you are back up. You have obviously your two extra players, and then you have a reliever. All right. So let's see. Uh best hitter available. This is obviously what we're going with here. Um ooh. Man, it's uh, I guess I'm just gonna take Matt, Mike, uh, Matt Snyder, not Mike, um, and 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 let him let him swing it at the DH spot. I don't really. No, nope, no, nope, I'm gonna change. No, nah. yeah, we're gonna take Matt Snyder. Okay. Two picks, Brian, and you are uh, you have a, your two extra players and a relief pitcher. And so the extra is also a DH, right? One that is correct. Yeah, you, you just it's just two offensive players, however you want to use them. Okay, got it. Um, man, this one's tough. Now we're getting kind of deep into it. Oh, reliever wise, I will go Taylor Broadway. Okay. And then for so what is that? I get. You just get two offensive players, whatever you want to do with them. Okay, and I get one of them here. Oh, man, this one's going to be tough. Uh, Alex Presley? Yep. Yeah, that's that's the one I was debating with over, over Snyder. I was having a hard time with him or Hutchinson for my last outfield spot. It's crazy. He played a while in the bigs, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He was a pirate for a while. Yeah. Yeah. He also was a rebelgrove.com contributor there for a little while. <laughs> he, I didn't go to a ton of baseball games when I was like a real young kid, and he hit a, one of the few I went to. He hit a ball over the fence against Tennessee in right field, and I think the kid ended up being fine, so I don't feel bad saying this, but domed a kid in the head to where it looked like a cartoon. It hit him in the head, and the kid just fell out immediately. It's like, is this guy alive? What's going on? Kid got the ball back, ice pack on the head. He was fine, but like it looked like a scene out of some sort of cartoon. Bounced directly off his head, and the kid was out instantly. 
actually hit like a massive grand slam in the 05 regional to beat like Oklahoma or something, if I'm not mistaken. He was he was really, really good. He I want to say he kind of Wally pipped a little bit, if I'm correct. One of the years um they had they had like an issue with him, something happened, and then you know, it gave Miles Franklin a bunch of the bats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in 05, Franklin was a center fielder. I can't remember if that was a year or not. You are back up, Colin, I guess. And then um, you've got your other extra player and a reliever. All right, Wyatt Short. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Wyatt to close the games out. Yeah, I was a little concerned you were going to do that. <laughs> um, gets a little funny from there. Uh, but it's okay. It's all, it's all good. All right, for my other just uh, extra player, because that doesn't really matter right now, um, still sitting out there. I'm going to – as a bench guy, I'm going to go get Jacob Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was going next. And you are back up for your last pick. Did you pick two there? Oh, no, I get two. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, gotta, I, I finished mine on out. Um. Uh, Taylor Broadway. Oh, I got that one. He's my. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, we can trade. It's <laughs> okay. Sorry, right. I just didn't have it marked off. Um, little random, but if you're just counting on one year. I and mean, then like, there's a couple guys here. I mean, obviously, Hugh yeah. had the saves record for a while, but he had a lot of guys on base, and I, I, I love Brett, but I, I'm get a little nervous with that. Um. I'm going to stay away from Crazy too. Um, yes. I'm going to go with Garrett White. Garrett White, okay. I was wondering yeah. if you – I was wondering if – Here's, the, here's the thing. I have two closers on my team. I have Stephen Head and Scott Biddle. Yeah. I can make I it work. I'll figure it out. So, I was wondering when you said the one-year thing, if you were going to just take Wolfo. Because his one year was – Oh, that's true. Went, <laughs> was really, really good. And the next I did not I think about that. The next one I thought you might do is Jake Morgan. I thought about Morgan, um, and honestly, I'm, I'm I'm a little annoyed with myself or whatever, but I'm okay. It's all right. Like I, I've got enough flexibility here that we can move him around. I mean, Stephen Head yeah. can close, and, and I, I, can, I can bring him a glove if I need to. We're going to be all right. Let's see. So I've got to pick one more extra player. I mean, Justin Henry can play first base for an inning, right? We'll figure this yes. out. Well, he actually – I'm pretty sure he did play first when uh when Head would like go close and stuff because I remember okay. him getting thrown out of a game in the Super Regional in 05 playing first. It was good okay, stuff. There we go. Um, crap! I have to pick a DH now. Uh, oof! I had enough trouble with Snyder. Dillard's on my mind. Um, I'm missing one. somebody obvious. But I, I, I'm just going to have to go Dillard because I can't think of who I'm missing, I'm sure. I'm, I'm Well, yeah, we'll go Dillard just because he switch, switch hitter and could catch if I needed him to. So that finishes out our – no, Brian, one more extra. Well, this could take a while because I had Dillard and now I'm just completely scrambling. Um, so, <laughs> oh, man. Okay. We Kyle will, Watson's available. I mean, go ahead. Who's available? Kyle Watson. Yeah, he doesn't suck at anything. Um, man, I'm trying to think if there's someone in that like 13 
to 15 range that I was missing that just had a decent offensive year that I can't think of right now. Hmm. What's uh what's he, he uh let's see. The cat that played third base on the 14 team was pretty Oh, you've already taken him. Never mind. I was thinking of Anderson. You've already got him at shortstop. Yeah, and I needed some social media defense as well, so I <laughs> covers that. I mean, I, I, I mean, my team's picked here, so I can help you out a little bit. I mean, you could go for a Colby Bortles. I was about yeah. to say that exact same thing. I actually pulled up the 16 stats as you said that. I mean, Colby Bortles. Um, David Phillips. I mean, if you're looking for just a pinch hitter as a utility guy, I mean, Holt Perzok, I kid kind of, but, man, that dude could <laughs> pinch hit. Um, yeah, I'll go Colby Bortles to uh, close out. His brother was an NFL quarterback. That's what I heard one time. Speaking of uh, overplayed things, Kramer Robertson got called up today. That he did, did he really? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. I never saw that one coming, but he he did get called up today. And then the I first called him that was Kim Mulkey. I <laughs> called Robertson when he was a high school kid trying to pick a school because Ole Miss was in his three finalists with LSU and Baylor. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. He uh, yeah, his mom was well. Now she's the coach at LSU. Funny how things work. Uh, I mean, obviously, everybody will know this, but the game uh, that we all have on here, uh, four to one, almost still in control at this moment as we finish this thing. Hell of a catch oh. by Bench there to close out the sixth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really good play, almost. They win this. The RPI goes up to like forty-eight, and wow, things get interesting going to LSU this weekend. It goes in. It's interesting. We can kind of do this for a second. It, it becomes interesting, but they still need four more wins. Yep. In league. I mean, you still have to win the series. You do. You do. I mean, it's one of those deals where you're, you're, you're avoiding the execution, but you're still having to sidestep a bunch of stuff every day. There still is – there's literally no margin for error at this point. Yeah. I think what this game might do is, like, give you a shot at 14 and 16, whereas if you lose it, I think you probably got to get to either 15 or have a really good Hoover run. You mean 14 and 17? Oh yeah, because the state. I didn't even think about that. Uh, well, do you think this gives you get this chase? I mean, you would know this too, but like this gives you the potential opportunity to go in at fourteen and seventeen, and it'd be, I guess, kind of a coin flip whether you need to win one in Hoover if you have the Southern Miss win. Do you view it that way? If they get three regular season wins versus four, does this help their case enough? Is guess I guess no. I, I honestly, I mean, it's just my opinion. I do not believe they can make the tournament at thirteen and seventeen without like a Saturday or Sunday run. Okay. I think I think thirteen is just not enough from an RPI standpoint. It's just not enough from a win standpoint. Frankly, they need the top fifty wins. Like they need four more in yeah. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And. I think regardless, outside of a five and one run with this win tonight, I think they're going to have to win on Tuesday, which is a problem in and of itself because you're probably going to play somebody that's higher seated than you on Tuesday um, with a Delusia that's coming off four days rest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, their backs are against the wall for sure. So recapping this a little bit for everybody, and I'll, I'll post them on the board um, tomorrow once we actually get it get it get it posted and whatnot. But uh, position by position, at uh, at catcher, I've got Stuart Turner. Colin has Henry Lartigue, and Brian has Will Allen at first base. Brian has Sykes Orvis. Colin has Tim Elko, and I've got Stephen Head at second base. I've got Chad Sturbins. Colin has Alex Yarbrough. And Brian has Anthony Servidio. I really like that pick there at second. 
Um, shortstop, Austin Anderson for Brian. Um, Zach Cozart, obviously that makes sense for uh, for Colin. And then I went to Gray Kessinger. In the outfield, I've got Bertie Hutchinson, Seth Smith, and J.B. Woodman. Colin has got Fortez, Logan Power, and Austin Bousfield. And Brian has um, Will Golson, Brian Petway, and uh, and Mark Wright. Sorry, I passed third base over back for Brian. Um, Coglin for myself. And uh, who do you have, Colin, at third base? Keenan. Keenan, yeah. Duh. Okay. Starting pitching, I think Brian has got us on pitching, or at least the starters. Brian throwing out there a rotation of Pomeranz, Lynn, and Ellis with Will Klein, yeah. his, his midweek guy. That doesn't suck. That's going to play all right, I think. Um, he has uh, Taylor Broadway closing. I have got uh, Bobby Wall on Friday. I've got Christian Trent on Saturday and Scott Biddle on Sunday. And then I'm throwing TJ Beam on the midweek. And then uh, Colin going with Casey. Hoagland, uh, Holloman on his midweek, and then – no, sorry, Mike Myers on the midweek, and then Mark Holloman on Sunday to uh, finish that up. You went with uh, – Colin, you went with Dillard and Matt Snyder. Brian, you went with Alex Presley and Kobe Bortles, and I went with Justin Henry and Jacob Gonzalez. I guess who's the best player we didn't take? Is Ooh. it – because of what he did from a total hit standpoint, is it Jordan Henry in the outfield? Yeah. You're talking about an elite center fielder, right? Um, I mean, you're talking about a guy that had like 98 hits as a freshman. Wasn't he also a shortstop? And he was a shortstop and a in a in an all-state tennis player out of high school. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let off for three years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's certainly got a case to be the one of the best that we left didn't didn't select. Yeah, I think he's the best person left off the list. I'm just kind of people I wrote down as as maybes. I think he's the top one. Uh, From a pitching staff standpoint, I I guess we only left off – we left off a couple aces. We talked about Brady Bramlett. We we left off uh, Pete Montrines, the ace on Mike's first first year. A couple other guys. And then the uh, the only notable Saturday – or the two notable Saturday guys that at least probably could have gotten in contention, Philip Irwin and uh, Matt Maloney. Anthony. Yeah, Maloney was one. And Etheridge. That's a good yeah. point. And Etheridge. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's there's a there's there was a lot of good players over 21 years. That is a that's a fact. They uh there there was you could make three stacked lineups of a uh, of really good players. Cooper Johnson was the other one I had written down that wasn't picked. I don't know how what how close that gets to qualifying just because of the bat, but he's a pretty good catcher. Who he was he, Go ahead. I'm I mean, sorry. From a straight catcher standpoint, I mean, just leaving off guys who really played a lot behind the plate. Cooper, obviously, Dunhurst, um, Barry Gunther was a very, very good, ca- very good catcher. Um, and then, I mean, from a defensive standpoint, prior to that run where they got so elite, but just you know, I, I mean, Brett Basham was all SEC defense for yeah. a year. I mean, he really could receive and throw. Yeah. Yeah. He was really, really good defensively. I, I'm kicking myself for the second baseman thing because I forgot Servideo. My next second baseman was Cooper Osteen. Um, and, I, and I think that's about right. I mean, unless you just want to try to hit some bombs with Overby, that's kind of where you had to go probably next with Osteen. It, it's got somebody left off. Uh, at shortstop, the two that could have gotten consideration, Errol Robinson and Matt Tolbert, I think yeah. probably. Um, and then we, we cleaned out outfielders other than Henry. There's just not much left out there. No, no. Mark Wright, Alex Presley, everybody's pretty much gone out there. Um, Brett Huber, because of his record, a, a reliever. And then if you want to take a guy off that 14 team, like I, I got really close to thinking about Aaron Greenwood for my reliever. Yeah, 
he was really, really solid. In Jake Morgan, game. though, is the one left off who's the biggest omission. No one interested yeah. in Satterwhite? Uh, no, because he had a record number of wins, which I do not want for my reliever. <laughs> that was the thing, wasn't it? Like, did, his, did yeah, he, like... His, his teammates called him the vulture. <laughs> That's like that fullback. Uh, the there's that I forget forget the fantasy guy. I think it's Tolbert, the full Tolbert, the fullback yeah. played a while. The, the vulture. Yeah, he would like blow the save, and then they'd leave him in and he'd win the game or something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he had like seven, eight, nine wins or something as a freshman as a reliever. Um, because I mean, he was that was the deal when that 07 season was, and we'll, we'll stop after this. I know I'm just I could ramble on for days. Um, in Tempe, because Mike had to decide, do you trust Will on fumes to go out and get a ninth inning against that stacked lineup? Or your other two options were Biddle, who'd had a really bad, had a really weird year. Actually, his ERA was great, but he had a really weird year, or Cody Satterwhite. Those were your three options for the ninth inning of game one in Tempe. And he chose to stick with it and see how it turned out. And it didn't uh, it didn't work out, um, obviously, in that game. But that was that was an Arizona State team that was, I mean, they, it was that was Brett Wallace and Mike Leake. And I mean, that, that they were loaded. Wasn't there um, some like recruiting deal on that team, too? Uh, Kyle Rowling, it was the kid yeah. that was like committed to Ole Miss and Arizona State tampered with him or whatever. Yeah, because, because that was the well, th- yeah, that thing got weird because I mean, speaking of major league players, it was Eric Sogard who was in the middle of it. And I don't know, I, like something happened. I, I forget how it started. Like we, we told this on the podcast because I've had players from that team tell it from their perspective. But Sogard ended up in the middle of this little skirmish. And he was surrounded. There was no other Arizona State player next to him. And he was next to Alex Kleeman, Fuller Smith, <laughs> and, like, somebody else. And it was like, okay, this is not going to go well. Like, he's in a spot where that that's not the group I'd want to be in the middle of. And then at some point, uh, Mike and Pat Murphy got into it. They were really, really, really jawing. You could hear a little bit of it. I know at one point Mike told uh, – said, said something to Pat that involved something about his fat ass and across the field. Um, yeah. but I don't yeah. remember the exact quote there. And then uh we had Kyle Bunn running around too. I mean, it was a scene there for a minute. Yeah. Wow, that was uh that was almost team that could fight, especially when you consider like <laughs> Kyle Bunn. Good yeah, Lord. that was <laughs> was Mark right on that team? Uh he was already gone, I think. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think th- th- think he was already gone. Yeah, you know, look, it's we we've been talking about with this team because they're such nice guys, you know. We've had the podcast topic of there's not enough assholes on this 2022 team. That, that that was not a problem on the 07 team. They had it covered. No, that was, fight you. Yeah, that was a that was a group that was uh that was more than all right from that uh from that standpoint. I was looking at it now, just I'm curious. I was pulling it up. Yeah, their stats in 07. The Henry brothers, Cozart, Andrew Clark, Logan, Overback. Oh, I forgot him. I actually kind of did too. Button, uh, Ketchum, Fuller, Basham, Cleman, uh Kyle Mills was on that team. Didn't uh, Clark just randomly leave during the middle of the year once? Uh, yeah, he ends up, he went to Louisville. He followed Dan. He uh, That's he, right. he he and Dan Black um, were two um, Dan recruits who left once Dan left. Dan okay. Black ended up going to Purdue. Okay, that I think makes they might sense. have been both from Indiana, if I, if I recall that correctly. Uh, yeah, Andrew Clark hit a ball in the upper deck at the Metrodome over the baggie. It was pretty Good impressive God. in 07. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, he it was it was a it was a and it was freezing because you had to have a certain number of attendants to turn the heaters on at the Metrodome. 
So we were like bundled up in like coats and scarves and it was like 20 inches of snow on the ground and we're just freezing inside there at the Metrodome that, that day. I remember like listening to maybe Kellum or whoever they, if I'm not mistaken, did they play like some stupid non-conference game against Arkansas somehow that, that trip? Yeah, because the Citadel was supposed to be the fourth team and they got snowed in. They couldn't get out of, out of the Carolinas and get to <laughs> Minneapolis. So what they did was they told Ole Miss and Arkansas to play on Friday night and then, uh, Minnesota played Ole Miss in a doubleheader on Saturday, and then Minnesota played Arkansas in a doubleheader on Sunday. So everybody got their okay. three games and, and and whatnot. But it was really weird because you would see like there was like two or three hundred Minnesota fans that went to the Friday game just to watch, and you've got these Arkansas and Ole Miss fans that I mean they're treating it like the final game of the College World Series because even at that point <laughs> Ole Miss and Arkansas hated one another. And I mean it's chippy and it's weird and we're like I mean it was a really surreal scene looking back because I'm like we're in the damn Metrodome like what are we, like any of us like what are we doing? And it was it was fiery. I think Ole Miss wins the game five four or something like that. And it got it got it got chippy as hell. The uh, the next morning, Minnesota beat Ole Miss, and Mike sat half his starting lineup for game two. He was so pissed off to the point that he yelled at me after the game. And I'm like, I'm just here. I don't know what you're yelling at me. And he apologized after game three, but he was he was quite annoyed. Um, and it's what it ended up working out because it's the reason Zach Miller got into the game because he had sat the other guys. He had a really good game and then Miller took over and ended up becoming a, he was, he ended up being a freshman all American that year. That was your first mistake being the only guy to show up on the road. That's just, you might as well put punching bag on your forehead. Well, it's in Minneapolis. I mean, you would think there'd be like an A for effort. That's a long way. No, no. <laughs> if they things go the wrong way. Brian went to Louisville and got yelled at. I did. I went a long way to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, yeah, you were there that day covering it for uh, – for I forget who, but it was just us two. And then he'd answer your question just perfectly fine, and then I'd ask one, and it was like, oh, it's on. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> so, oh, uh, Lord. All right. Uh, this, I guess last thing, so I've got you guys. What's the – Colin, what's the prediction this weekend? What are they going to do in Baton Rouge? Uh, one. I'm going one. I, I – I want to believe in this team. I really do. But it, it, they're going to have to do more than just beat Missouri and maybe Southern in a midweek game before I before I can uh, predict them to win two in Baton Rouge. One and two, Brian? Yeah, I think so. But I've been wrong for like six straight weeks. Um, <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. I predicted a couple of the Delusia back ends. I'll say two. I'll just be the – I'll Zach. Wow. I'll say get two because of Hunter Elliott. How about that? They win the Delusia game – Offense looks a little better. Hunter Elliott goes to the six for the third time. Probably don't win on Sunday. I if they if I, don't get into the tournament, Mike is going to kick himself over and over and over again yep. for not fixing that rotation in time to play Alabama with Delucia, Elliott, and Diamond. Well, he had time. Mm. The guy gave him six innings the week before, and he was like, nah, splits don't work out. Like, Delucia probably should have started that game against Alabama or one of them. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I don't remember. I don't think I watched that game. I think we were playing that night. Didn't he start Elliott and he got kind of like bombed or something? That That's probably not great. For no, he didn't get bombed. He gave up a run and got out of the first with a pretty mature inning. And then he gives up two in the third because that's when McCants messed up the pop-up. Okay. okay. And Elliott had like a really hard luck moment there where he should have been out of the inning. And Mike pulled him, and that's like after the game, Mike was kind of critical on him, and I was like, "What in the world?" Because I was like, "It wasn't really his fault." But looking back, what Mike was trying to challenge him, he's he's expecting a ton out of Elliott, and he was trying to get him to take the next step. Okay. And I was about to say, it's weird to say back then, but remember the early part of that? He had a really short leash with Elliott. It didn't seem like he trusted him at all. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, after like three, four innings, any trouble, and that was it. And it was it, it, it was out at that point. So, anyway, we'll see. Uh, late game for people on Friday, Ole Miss and OSU not starting until 7.30 on Friday evening for uh, for that one. And then normal times for your uh, Saturday and Sunday game. And then, obviously, uh, A&M to close the regular season next week after a midweek game in Jonesboro, Arkansas, that Ole Miss, frankly, needs to be rained out at this point. Against the two twenty-seven or two thirty-seven Red Wolves, they're in a uh, in a midweek game. So, uh, hope you hope you enjoyed. People that hung in with us, just trying to uh, go down memory lane a little bit, get a uh, a podcast that was not crazy time sensitive as Ole Miss here in front of us right now, trying to hold off Southern Miss. So, for Colin for Brian, hope you uh, had a good time, and we'll talk to you again soon.